Hello and welcome to Coffee and Wrestling, the wrestling podcast. I am one half of your tag team champion hosts, Mark. Unfortunately, my other tag team partner and co-host, Jamie, will not be here this week nor next week. She is currently... Time is it now? It's seven eighteen. She is currently at uh, cruising altitude as she's flying on a vacation with her mother and her aunt. Uh, I will not disclose where she goes. We'll talk about that more when she gets back. But good luck to her. So you just get me this week. It is a single solo show, uh, and again that will happen next week as well. She will not be here. She will still be where she is on her way to go doing. This is great. I this is before I started this. I was I I've, I've got to delete all the audio still. I had to like hype myself up because doing a podcast by yourself is a completely different monster. I know she's done it uh, while I was off visiting family uh, sometime last year. And uh, now I'm feeling how awkward it could really be. feel like just talking to yourself in the middle of my room. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, WWE, I don't normally give praise to random matches that they put on. Usually whenever they have a random match, it's usually a squash match or it's just a match to push another storyline forward uh this one however uh, i believe due to a couple different things but regardless uh kofi kingston took on ivar after uh ivar's partner was deemed unfit for competition they made it into a singles match and i gotta i gotta admit like even over aew this had to have had match of the week it was phenomenal to say the the least um, it, it was so unexpected too. I think that's one of the reasons why it was such a great match. These two men put on a story in the ring. It wasn't just a, a random, I mean, it really was, it was a random match put together. It kind of like, I believe it's stemming from, uh, something with Drew McIntyre and all of that. Uh, I know that Viking Raiders have kind of become more of like cannon fodder on a weekly basis for any tag team that needs a win or needs a tag team that can take a loss or, you know, get a DQ or something like that to just kind of push another tag team forward. Uh, and this was a great uh, disassociation from that. Uh, Kofi Kingston and Ivar put on a hell of a match. Both men, not just not just one side, both men uh, pulling off some in, in just insane feats. You had Ivar was pulling off moonsaults. Uh, they had top rope avalanches. They had just... All kinds of shit, all kinds of stuff in between. Uh, if you really have 15 minutes to watch something, go back and watch this match. It was one of the best matches that I've seen WWE put on, especially in like a random capacity like this where it was you had to modify it on the fly. But definitely got to give them props for the match they put on. Um, go back and watch it. I kind of want to go into some, some, we don't ever try to look into the bad things of wrestling, but sometimes, you know, news is news, and you got to know, uh, with WWE being purchased by Endeavor, uh, who is also co-owners or owners of the UFC, they have now merged the two groups into TKO Group Holdings or something like that. Big move, it's the first time that WWE has not been in full control of the, of the McMahons. Uh, he is still involved in some capacity, and I'm sure he's going to be for a long, long time until either that court case comes to a verdict that he has to do something about or he gets so old that he can't do anything. E- either way, um, with this merger happening, over 100 employees uh, at WWE headquarters have been let go as a result. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. And we are also seeing uh, some talent being let go. Uh a lot of NXT talent and a couple and a few WWE talents. Matt Riddle, 
Both talent from the main roster as well as the NXT brand were dropped. You had names like Mustafa Ali, Rick Boogs, uh, Riddle, Mo- I'm sorry, Riddick Moss, Emma, Aaliyah, Top Dalla, uh, some of the more surprising ones, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Shelton Benjamin, who's been on WWE programming for close to 20 years. Same thing with Dolph Ziggler. He's had a 19-year run in WWE. Uh, we were just talking about, I mean, we talk about Dolph Ziggler a lot on this podcast just because we're big fans of him. So I'm sure if he's still continuing to want to do uh, wrestling, we'll probably see him in AEW. His brother already is in AEW. Uh, but you also have t- uh, Dana Brooke. Both uh, Mace and Mansoor of Maximum Male Models are gone. Shanky, Quincy Elliott, Brian, or I'm sorry, Bryson Montana, uh, Alexis Gray. Uh, and not one that was due to budget cuts, but I'm sure they were like, oh, cool, we can create some room just by circumstance. Matt Riddle was let go uh, shortly after everybody else was announced. Uh, so unfortunately, a lot of people losing their jobs, both uh, Riddick Moss and Emma, they are per- recently engaged. So unfortunately, both th- both of them in their relationship no longer have jobs. Uh, but hopefully everybody that does lose their job finds their way and finds a, a new home to wrestle or goes on to greener pastures. But enough about anything bad news. Let's get back into some good news. We uh, as of recent, we have seen some criticism towards the women's wrestling women's wrestling division as a whole uh, i know AEW has gotten a lot of criticism and wwe has yet its fair share of improving it needs to do uh i have been praising this tag team for a couple weeks now that is kind of unofficial uh between shanna baszler and zoe stark they had a match this week between the uh wwe women's champion tag champions chelsea green and piper niven piper was deemed unfit for re- for uh, action for a couple of weeks, so good to see her back. Um, and then we had a little bit of a injection of even more talent that I, I'm not, I'm still not sure if I'm I'm all about. Uh, Nia Jax again for the second week coming out and just absolutely ruining a match. And at, at first, what, last week when I was watching it, I kind of rolled my eyes at it. I'm not a big Nia Jax fan. Uh, but now in retrospect, sitting back, kind of thinking about things, I, I think that's the point. I think I see Nia Jax and I'm supposed to not like it. I'm supposed to be like, wow, why are we having another run in by this person and having them attack, you know, and ruin a perfectly good match? I think that's the purpose of this. And that's, you know, I always use that term planting seeds. And I think that's what WWE is doing is they're trying to interject a another powerful force into the women's division because they don't really have a lot of powerful women in in WWE, not to say that they don't have a lot of talent in W in the women's division, but they don't have that awesome Kong. They don't have that ODB. They don't have, you know, Nia Jax fits that, that large, strong, going to throw you and your friend through, uh, you know, through the ropes at, at the Royal Rumble, like a powerhouse. Charlotte Flair is probably the closest one you have. And that's just because she's almost Amazonian sized. You know, she's just, she's got long legs. She's got long arms. She's tall. You know, so she looks big, you know, somebody like Becky Lynch, not such not a, not a large individual. So when you have somebody like Becky Lynch or or Bailey or Io Sky or, you know, anybody in the women's division go up against the Nia Jax and Nia Jax annihilates them, it kind of puts off like, OK, this is a powerhouse, a big person. This is like, you know, your Miro's. This is your powerhouse Hobbs. This is your Goldberg of the women's division. Um, so at first I wasn't too big, about, big on Nia Jax really coming back because, again, I'm not a really big fan, but I can see how this could 
bleed a little bit of life into the women's division. Give it, give yourself a villain for some face to overcome to could that somebody is like, okay, we don't want you here because you continually interrupt and you're quote unquote, putting the women's division on notice. And now you can have somebody kind of step in and be like, yeah, but I'm not going to let you do that. Not in my house. And, and I think it could be good for the women's division. I think that even though I may not be really about her, I think Nia Jax can be a great addition to the women's division and even shake up the women's world division or world title division. So if you don't know, Eosky and Asuka have a long history between them far before WWE over in Japan. They were in a trios with Kyrie. Uh, somebody's going to correct me because I might be wrong on that, uh, but they were in a trios in, in Japan. So they have a kind of storied history behind them. So when this match was teased a few weeks ago, I was excited about it. I mean, I, I, this match was great. Don't get me wrong. This match was an amazing match. And if you haven't watched it, you need, they gave it a good amount of time. It was about 20 minutes over, you know, with a commercial in between, which is about standard for even a men's match. Uh, and they really put on a show. I, I, there was at points where it was questionable as to whether these two were even okay with putting on this caliber of a match on just free TV. And that was kind of my only issue with this. I was really kind of hoping we were going to build up, uh, EOS guy versus Oscar for the women's championship to a grander stage. I mean, we've got uh, WWE fast lane is coming up on October 7th, which is in about two weeks. I, I thought maybe we were going to build up to that and we still have the opportunity to do that. Uh, but with Charlotte coming out and with EO retaining, which I mean, I feel like that was the right move to do, even if it was in the pay-per-view, I, I don't, I don't know if we've got still got enough steam with this because now we've kind of seen this. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but it just felt like, we, you know, kind of like how AEW does championship matches of high caliber on weekly shows instead of pay-per-views they also don't have 12 pay-per-views a year wwe does so i i was kind of disappointed this match wasn't on a pay-per-view because it could have been it should have been it should have given that respect but at the same time at least on the the tv aspect they gave it the breadth that it needed to be and it turned out to be an amazing match eos guy ended up retaining charlotte flair came out beat the shit out of bailey which i think we're gonna have some you know storyline stemming from that that's always a volatile situation when those horsewomen of nxt kind of get into the same ring together you've got bailey doing or i'm sorry not bailey um becky lynch off doing her own thing bianca's off tv right now so you've got those two powerhouses that could i could see them doing a good match but this is a great match uh I, i've said it before it, it, you need to go back and watch it if you haven't finishing off our wwe news we see the return or the infancy of the return of pretty deadly they've been on tv a couple weeks in a row uh it looks like that they are going to have a return and i am super excited to see them i am always about goofy wrestling uh and they are no exception to that rule i absolutely love when you when i can't remember which one's which but one of the one who's injured is in a wheelchair even though it's a shoulder injury and when he's questioned about it he gets offended and just I love it. I love the shtick. I love the gimmick. I'm super excited to see them come back. Uh, I don't know if I just whistled there. I'll have to might have to go back and edit that. I think into the teeth whistle, but super excited to see Pretty Deadly coming close to back to that was a menagerie of words. I'm so sorry, but being back to close. Oh my god, close to being back to in ring action. 
Coming up this week in WWE, we got Monday Night Raw. Uh, the matches we have announced so far is there's going to be a tag team title match between the Judgment Day and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I believe this is going to be their rematch clause or whatever you want to call it. There's a singles match between Bronson Reed and Otis. Uh, unfortunately, last week, Chad Gable got the loss against Bronson Reed, which I thought was a shame. I was really hoping we were going to see some more momentum from Chad Gable. Hopefully, this is just a, you know, bringing him down to bring him back up. Uh, and then we're also going to see a NXT North American title match between Dominic Mysterio and Dragon Lee. This one's kind of a bit of a change because it was actually supposed to be Mustafa Ali was supposed to challenge for Dominic Mysterio's NXT North American title. Uh, but obviously with him getting let go by WWE, uh, I don't think he has the insurance to be able to wrestle in a WWE ring. On SmackDown, we are going to have a singles match between Bayley and Charlotte Flair, which I'm sure this is just going to be some setup for Fastlane. Uh, and then we have a United States title match between Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Uh, Santos Escobar had gotten hurt in the United States tournaments uh, and then turned his spot over to Rey Mysterio and is now saying that it would be an honor to fight Rey Mysterio for the United States title. Uh, there's been rumors that maybe we'll see a heel turn from one or the other. I would hope kind of Santos Escobar would go a little heel. I think he'd be a great heel. He's got that look. He's got the, they've, you know, he can really, I think he'd really sell a heel on the microphone. Uh, and then, like I said, we have Fastlane will be on October 7th. There has been, so far, the only match that has been even, like, teased uh, was on SmackDown. We had, and unfortunately, this is, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of sickness came into this. Uh, we were supposed to have an LA night segment on SmackDown. However, uh, he had been diagnosed with COVID right before the show, wasn't able to attend the show. So they had to do a little bit of jumbling. And if you watch SmackDown, you can see that a little bit. They did some uh, ba uh, backstage segments. Uh, John Cena ended up coming in the fray and they were supposed to have a tag match that evening. Unfortunately, because LA Knight has COVID, can't do that. So they instead said, oh, we're going to make it a contract signing, which a lot of people were very upset on the, in the crowd. Uh, uh, they had John Cena came out, signed the contract right away. Uh, Uso and uh, Solo Sokoa beat the hell out of AJ Styles, who was supposed to be John Cena's partner. But now as it stands, there's a blank spot on the contract that uh, Cena signed, so we don't know who's his partner going to be. You know, maybe we'll have a surprise. Brahma Bull might show up. I mean, it would make... I don't know. The Rock and John Cena as a tag team against the Bloodline like underlings, I, I feel like that can't be... It. I'm going to stop speculating because I'm not trying to get hyped about The Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I'm not even going to get into that conversation. I need to have Jamie here for that conversation. That That is not a one-person conversation. Turning the channel over to AEW, I'm going to start off with the match that, I mean, it got me a little bit emotional. And I think that's what wrestling's supposed to do. It's supposed to invoke an emotion. And this one did it. Eddie Kingston took on Claudio Castagnoli, not only for the Ring of Honor world title, but as well as he put up his NJPW Openweight Strong title. NJPW Strong Openweight title. I apologize. Got to give the belt the respect it deserves. If you know about the rivalry between these two, you know. If you don't, you need to know. AEW put out an hour and a half long video showcasing their entire beginning to end rivalry that started 19, I think it was years ago. And I only watched a good, I watched a good portion of it. I haven't finished it yet, but my God. One of the best storylines in pro wrestling 
is just Eddie Kingston. He was actually considering retiring back before the pandemic in 2000. He was over in the UK, had to sell all of his ring gear, all of his boots, all of his photos, anything that he had merch-wise, just so he can make rent, was planning on getting out of it. Uh, he had plan- And he had one more independent match, and it was just shits and how to, what the hell it was against Cody Rhodes. That turned into a phone call from Cody Rhodes, giving him that match against him on AEW, giving him the debut, which then led to his contract, which has now led to a few years later, and it is now developed into he is now not only a a champion, he is a champion in a promotion that he has idolized as a kid growing up and is now, he was given the good graces from his idol to use his finishing move in the, in the match against Claudio uh, and finally giving him a world title. And I know that a couple people said that they shouldn't give him world title. I know a lot of people give Eddie Kingston crap for just being Eddie Kingston and not being the Cody Rhodes-esque figure and having the dynamic that he is. And he's just a foul-mouthed guy from the Bronx that's, that just likes fighting. And I think it, it, it relates to so many people in pro wrestling fandom like people that watch this stuff they all know or are that person to where they're just tired of dealing with shit and dealing with people's mouths and wish they could just smack the hell out of somebody and not worry about the consequences and that's what eddie kingston is he'll walk in that ring and he'll smack you in the mouth and he'll worry about the repercussions after he smacks you in the mouth and then he'll take his lickings when he needs to and when he when he you know and I, I just think that it relates to a lot of people, and he's gotten over with the crowd, just like how Orange Cassidy has in such a natural way. There was no forced, you know, push. There was no none of that bullshit. It was Eddie Kingston, take him or leave him. If and if you don't like him, too fucking bad. He's there anyways. Gets the win over Claudio Castagnoli in one of the hardest hitting matches of the entire week. Uh, this being WWE or I'm sorry AEW Grand Slam. Great platform to start the start this off of. I, I love this match. I love Eddie Kingston. I love it. Love Claudio, and then the handshake at the end, and Claudio gives him the belt in a like almost fuck you. I can't believe you did this. A great match. Great way to quote unquote finish the story, which is if you know, you know. Uh, up next, Adam Cole, kind of a dick. I, I'm just gonna say that out right now. I know he's been like. AEW's, you know, sweetheart in, in the in the eight, you know, the super couple of all of AEW between him and MJF. Um I, I gotta call him out for this shit though, you know. Uh Roderick Strong, you know, trying to be neck strong, got some neck injuries in the match that he was in. Uh the kingdom were there, reading him get well cards, which I thought was great. I think the gimmick they've got going is is phenomenal. I've fallen in love with the kingdom. At first I absolutely hated him, but he is Matt Taven. Um, but they're reading them, get well cards, and then Adam Cole gets there. They give him the obvious ribbing of, oh, wow, thanks for showing up. And they said, well, you, you know, you showed up as soon as we got to leave. And they said, all right, you know, Roddy, we love you. You know, we'll see you then. We'll see you soon. They leave. And as soon as they leave, this is like 30 seconds after he gets there, Adam Cole looks at Roderick Strong and says, you know what, man, I probably got to get out of here too. You were there for 30 seconds, yo. That's supposed to be like one of your best friends or your ROH ride or die from back in the day, have a whole bunch of history with even the kingdom. You, you know, th- th- you were part of the like an adjacent part of the kingdom back in the day. And you're just going to stay there for 30 seconds. Like, no, I, like 
I know he's everybody's favorite right now. Him and MJF have this like this bromance going on, and it's all hunky dory. But man, that's some dick move. That is a dick move. If I had a buddy that was in the hospital and all he needed, he just wanted, you know, somebody just be like, hey, what's up? Do you need nothing? You need something? You need some orange juice? You can kiss on the forehead? Like, I'd be there. I'd be there for at least longer than 30 goddamn seconds. And then on the way out, he's leaving. Roddy, Roddy hits the to sit the bed up, and it's the loudest, noisiest thing in the world. And as soon as he finally sits up, he goes, you know what, just get out of here. And he leaves. That's like classic jealous girlfriend bullshit. When your girlfriend, when your girl stops what she's doing, turns to you, looks at you, and says, no, it's cool. It's not cool. And that's exactly what Roddy just did. He sat up. He said, yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Just leave. That's a key indicator. You were supposed to turn around and go, no, I'm here for you. And Adam Cole didn't do that shit. And then later on, when MJF was wrestling Samoa Joe, he was the reason that MJF was able to get that win. I'm not going to ruin it, but Adam Cole is kind of a dick. You had this match between MJF and Samoa Joe. Great match. I wasn't sure how this was going to play out. The way they ended up bringing it to an end was awesome. Absolutely loved it. It was There was no way that MJF was going to get the win clean. Like, there was no way. It just Samoa Joe's too powerful, and he's been sold that way far, far too much. So it was amazing to see them be able to utilize something like this so that instead of you know, having him have the unbelievable surprise roll up or the count out or some dumb shit like that. He utilized his tag partner, his other tag fellow tag team champion. And he got the win with, with by an illegal way. And I loved it. He kept, he keeps, he keeps skirting that line of heel and face. And he just keeps selling into the crowd because he can go out there. And Jamie and I were talking about this the other day. MJF can just go out there and he can sell you as a heel or he can sell you as a face. And he can he can turn that switch in the middle of the promo like it's like it's a like a, like a light switch. It's awesome. He'll come out there and will shit all over Cincinnati, Ohio. He will call them the worst in the world. He'll call the Bengals the worst team since I don't even know. But then two seconds later. He'll turn around and have this heartwarming story about some little boy that he doesn't normally, or he always charges for for signatures, but for some reason this little boy spoke to him, and he had he just out of the goodness of his heart signed something without the kid charging him. Of course, later on tweet, tweet, Twitter, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, he did say, "Hey kid, I want my money." But at the same time, it just I, I love MJF MJF's character right now because. You could have this man do a full heel turn right now, and it would make sense. And you could have this man do a full John Cena-esque face turn, and it would make just as much sense. And it would, the crowd would just eat into it. And I love how he's taken Adam Cole and how Adam Cole was so babyface, and now Adam Cole is he's bent a little bit towards the heel. He's, he's not quite there, but he's doing a couple of things. He's helping Max out in not the most face way, and I absolutely love this. And just like when you go to church every Sunday, actually, I'm recording a podcast on a Sunday, so it doesn't. I don't know if this applies to me, but I feel like I must repent. I have 
not seen the ways of Tony Storm. Maybe it was just I was getting the wrong book. I don't know, but I love Tony Storm now. I'm a I'm a Tony Storm head. I think she's great. I think this character she's been doing this Marilyn Monroe, this this distraught vintage, I, I, the chin out tits out or chin up tits out. I, I love it. I think it's I, I think it's great. Soraya, Soraya, however you say it, Jamie gives me shit all the time about it. I, I think there's so much more meat left on the bone between these two. Soraya got the win. You got the defense over these two. A great match between them. And even by losing, Tony Storm still looks like a winner out of this. She still has so much power behind her. She has the fans are, are eating up the gimmick that she's putting off. It's phenomenal. And I honestly can't wait for whatever we're going to do with this because TBS Championship, AW Women's Championship, they need to put some tag title for the women's champions, but I mean, they need to develop the, ta- the tag team division first, but I, yeah, I just, I love it. I love it. And Soraya is just the super heel right now. It, it, I love it. It's great. We had another title change hands this afternoon, this evening, whichever time zone you're in, I guess. Uh, we had a match between Christian Cage, Luchasaurus and Darby Allen. And by God, Christian Cage is finally the TNT champion. He pinned Luchasaurus after Darby Allen did all of the work. And then Luch just was all right with it. I mean, what are we doing with that poor dinosaur, man? He's just getting shit on every week. And then he gets his title taken away. His tag partner is no longer in the company, as far as I know, until further notice. His... I, I I guess everybody's dad, Christian, has, has taken his belt, his shiny toy. Darby Allen got screwed out of the belt. I just, I don't know what we're doing with the goddamn dinosaur. But I'm stupid excited for Christian Cage to have that championship finally. Maybe we're going to see a, a match between him and Luch. I, I, I don't know, but I, he's got... And then we've got, what about Edge? We, nobody's heard any news about Edge since he left or had his final match contract and match in WWE his contract is supposedly supposed to be up I think it was October 4th but that just might be my brain not working right but I believe it was at least the beginning of October I mean maybe we're gonna see Edge come back and feud with Christian oh that'd be awesome see now I'm 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 thinking way too far ahead with like fantasy booking you got all these people that just got let go from WWE I'm sure Tony Khan for you know they had to hold him down you know and and keep his dad's checkbook away so that he wasn't signing everybody. But you know, there's, there's a lot of good possibilities we could do with Christian with that belt. And it's exciting to see what we're going to do with it because, you know, Luch, I I think Luch needs his time. Like I think we need to give Luchasaurus or whatever his real name is a a little bit more seriousness and like, not just a almost gimmicky character. And I know I'm all about goofy wrestling, but I feel like it's it's either not goofy enough or it's too goofy for the, the general audience and it's not getting over and he's just cannon fodder. He's just a big dude, but he could be a big dude that could be a formidable force. But I don't know. We'll see. And finally for AEW, uh, real quick note, I think that this is going to be a huge rivalry and I'm excited to see where it blooms. Uh, of course, we know the tag team, uh, well, I guess former tag team of Tito and Sin, or I'm sorry, Ortiz and Santana, uh, Pride and Powerful. However, in the past year, uh, Santana got hurt at not this past 
not War Games, but Blood and Guts, but the previous one, he injured his knee almost seconds entering the cage. Uh, and we had not seen him for well over a year. He had just made his debut this week against uh, Bear. No, Bronson. I don't know. One of, the, one of the Iron Savages. I can't remember one off the top of my head, the smaller one. Um, and ends up picking up the win. Uh, and as he's celebrating, Ortiz starts to head down the ramp. Now, if you don't know, they've uh, there was a promo the other week where Santana basically said, you know, he needs to do this on his own without any crutches. And the way that it was delivered made it seem like that the crutches he was talking about was Ortiz. And Ortiz kind of took a particular tone to that because the whole behind the scenes is that I, I, the rumor is, and it was actually confirmed by Conan, uh, that Ortiz and Santana had not been seeing eye to eye creatively with where the direction they were going. And it ended up creating an animosity, and I guess it almost turned physical between Santana and actually Eddie Kingston. Um, so there's kind of a real-life beef between the two of them. Uh, they're former partners. They were on the tag circuit for a long time. Uh, you know, and when when best friends or very good friends end up feuding to a point to where it almost gets violent between them, it can really, really get bad. Uh, so it feels like they're kind of playing into that a little bit, kind of bringing that real life, you know, into the pro wrestling scene, which I've always been an advocate for. I feel like if you do it right. And as long as all parties are okay with it, then you can do it in a way that can benefit the whole group. You know, you turn something negative into something more positive. And sometimes it takes a lot of time for that to happen. I mean, look at Bret Hart. It took a long time, but he's now done programs with WWE with some, you know, a, a stupid kind of screw job storyline. It wasn't the magnitude of his own screw job, you know, but it, it, over time, I mean, even Matt Hardy, when uh, Matt Hardy found out that Edge was sleeping with his fiance leader, you know, he rushed raw and attacked edge on live tv like it wasn't it wasn't kayfabe or you know it, it wasn't fake he actually was pissed off and as you can if you watch an unedited version of it you can go back and as they're hauling matt hardy away from the ring he's yelling roh i'm coming you know sign me up or whatever and that was a big no-no it really broke a lot of rules and over a course of time they brought matt, matt back in to WWE and they turn that into a storyline. It's actually part of the reason why Edge is considered the rated R superstar was because he had this program with Matt Hardy and he had sex with Lita in the ring in a bed and it, it gave him the the moniker of the rated R superstar because he will do anything because he's that rated R, you know. And I mean a lot of people have have kind of volleyed for that between before CM Punk got fired, between uh, you know CM Punk and the Elite, kind of getting that same thing done. Once the heat kind of cools down, they're able to sit down and talk with one another. Another turn it into a storyline. Have Team CM Punk against the Elite. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, we'll never see that. But I feel like if you do this right, if you if you have these two guys who are, are very louder than life individuals. You can have a great rivalry between these two. You can have some great matches, some great chemistry because they're already they already have the chemistry of years of tagging tagging with one another. You don't just lose that due to an argument. So them te them going one on one 
I think it has the potential to be something magical. Like, really, I, 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 I kind of hate using that word, but I really think those two could come together and put off one hell of a match. Also this week, we saw Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks have a Texas death match, which means you it's basically a last man standing match. Somebody, whoever gets knocked down has to be knocked down for 10 seconds. Um, I, I'm not even going to get into it. it. It's a match you need to go back and watch. There's so many spots in it that are great. Uh, the idea that Danielson is still wrestling with an injured forearm blows my mind. If you watch the match carefully, you notice he doesn't do anything with his right right forearm. He does all of his strikes with either his legs or his left arm. Uh, Ricky does the same thing. He attacks him all on the left-hand side. Great job by the performers. Uh, they did an amazing job finishing off Grand Slam. Uh, Danielson, by far one of the best. Very interested to see what they're going to do with him once he finally ends up hanging up his active wrestling boots and goes on a strictly part-time schedule for his own health and for his family um because building up until that happens is going to be it's going to be great it's it, it Danielson has become one of my favorite wrestlers of all time I did not give him as much of a time and day in when he was in WWE it was before I knew a lot more about wrestling. I was just a casual fan. Um, he continues to deliver every time he's in the ring. And if you haven't, I feel like a broken record this podcast. If you haven't seen this match, go back and watch it. It's great. And then finally for AEW, not like you guys don't already know half the shit that we know. But we're going to go through everything that we got coming up this week on Dynamite. We have announced a four-way match between Orange Cassidy, Matt Jackson, Penta, and Austin Gunn, that is going to be an interesting match. I don't remember that being announced, but I'll have to look into that. We also have a singles match between Willow Nightingale and Julia Hart. Willow was supposed to wrestle Julia on collision. Uh, somehow, For some reason, was not able to. Storyline got sprayed in the eyes by Julia, uh, which, ooh, that might be something interesting. Maybe she'll be going over to the House of Black. However, they do have their eyes set on the TBS champion, Chris Statlander, my girl, don't you be messing with, I mean, I don't know, I could see Chris Statlander in House of Black, but that's because I'm a House of Black fan, and I'm a Chris Statlander fan, so it's, you know, peanut butter and chocolate in my regard. Uh, nothing to announce for AEW Rampage, which is always the norm, uh, and then on AEW Collision, we will have Andrade El Idolo versus Juice Robinson. Andrade and Jay White had a great match this last week on Collision. I, I'm, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Andrade. I mean, it helps that he's on TV again. Uh, good to see him back in action. And, of course, Bullet Club Gold has become one of my favorite factions in professional wrestling right now. Guns up, gun club, top shelf gunslingers. I love it. Card, card, Jake, was it J card, card J, card J? I don't even know. The Juice Robinson, Rock Hard, I love it. Everything, Bullet Club Gold. I'm still waiting for David Finley to show up in AEW, maybe Forbidden Door, maybe at Wrestle Dream, maybe somewhere in just AEW Dynamite or some new pay per view that AEW has not announced yet. I'm still waiting for David Finley and the Bullet Club War Dogs to show up in AEW and just beat the shit out of Bullet Club Gold and have this big faction versus faction, Bullet Club, you know, unification, world domination, whatever you want to call it, because he's already announced that he's going to go through, and we've talked about this, at least I've talked about this, he's going to go through all of the bullshit versions of Bullet Club and get rid of these, the what did he call it, like, Almost like to the degree of being a shitty T-shirt, you know, company. So I, I, I'm I'm still waiting. 
still waiting. War Dogs. I want. I want my Alex Coughlin. I want my. I, I want my. I, I just want them. I want all of them in AEW beating the hell and fighting with Bullet Club Gold. Uh, we also have a tag team match of the Best Friends versus, versus the Kingdom. Uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, Chuck Taylor and Trent Barreta, making a lot of. Uh, appearances on AEW television. Good to see the tag division is getting a lot of love. Hopefully we get a little bit more movement with the tag titles. FTR just defended the belts against the Workhorsemen this week. Great to see the Workhorsemen on TV. Uh, But we also have coming up October 1st, next Sunday, a week from tonight, today, tonight, whatever, we have AEW Wrestle Dream, October 1st, I think that's a week from today. I don't know. I'm terrible with dates, but we have AEW's Wrestle Dream, and this will be the first pay-per-view of AEW's that I have to watch by myself, guys, all by myself. So make sure you keep me company on Twitter, at CAW Wrestling Pod. We will be tweeting the entire night, as well as we tweet Raw, Dynamite, Rampage, SmackDown, Collision. We are always actively on Twitter. Tweet at us. Let us know what your predictions are. Use the hashtag, hashtag CAW Predictions. And let's see if you can best either Jamie and I. I am the current reigning and defending CAW Wrestling Predictions champion. I, w- I have a cup that I get to use now. And Jamie has to get me uh, a cup of coffee at least one time. And she wants that title. She wants that. She wants the 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 title of the CAW predictions champion. And I'm not going to give it to her. But she's going to give me her predictions from from where she is. And I'm going to give them to you next. Or I guess it's going to have to be next week. I don't know. We might have to do an early uh, episode next week to get at least the predictions out. But we have AEW Wrestle Dream coming up, and the card is stacked. I'm just going to read it from top to bottom. Reading it off to CageMatch.net, and this is. The Sunday prior, so there might be something. We still got three shows coming up this week of the AEW. But we have the AEW World Tag Team title for the number one contenders four-way match. It'll be Hook and Orange Cassidy will be taking on the Young Bucks, who they just won the trio, the ROH trio tags with Hangman. Congratulations to them. Uh, the Lucha Brothers and Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn, the Guns, will be all in a four-way match for the number one contender match for the AEW World Tag Team titles. There will be an AEW TBS title match between Chris Statlander and Julia Hart. And this one has got my attention like no tomorrow because, I'm again, I am a House of Black fan. I am a Brody King fan. I am a Malachi Black fan. I am a Julia Hart fan. I am a Buddy Matthews fan. But I am a diehard, and from the day she got she debuted in AEW, I am a Chris Statlander fan. I was so brokenhearted when we watched her hurt her knee live such oh my god it's so bad uh good but that's going to be a match we've got a six-man tag team match between chris jericho and the golden lovers of kenny omega and kota Ibushi. we'll be taking on the don Callis family which consists of kanosuke kanosuke takeshita sammy guevara and will osprey this is going to be quite possibly one of the matches of the year if not one of them at least matches of the pay-per-view we also are going to we're also going to have the ROH World Tag Team titles of Better Than You, Bebe. Adam Cole and MJF will be defending their belts against the Righteous. And I will not stand on my soapbox because we try to th- focus on the positive on this podcast, but I don't like the Righteous. We also have an AWTNT title, Best Two Out of Three Falls match between Christian Cage 
in Darby Allen. So that'll be an interesting Darby Allen being a very, very durable individual who can go the miles that he needs to go in matches like this. Christian Cage is a little bit beyond his prime, and who knows if he's gonna his body's gonna be able to stand up to such punishment he's going to have to not only receive from Darby Allen, but the punishment he's going to have to give Darby Allen is going to take a toll on his body, let alone the damage he's going to get from him. Uh, we also have an AW World Tag Team title match. FTR will be defending against Aussie, 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 oi, 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 Aussie Open Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. Uh, they, uh, this, I, what what's there to say? Amazing tag team against amazing tag team. I could see it going Aussie Open's way, but I will keep my predictions to myself until later this week. We also have a ROH World Title and an NJPW Strong Open Weight Title match. He's Eddie Kingston's putting up both of his belts against Katsuyori Shibata, the ROH Pure Champion. So this will be bar none a absolute slobber knocker in the words of of jr there i will be surprised if either one of these men have any flesh left on their chest we also have a grudge match of uh, adam page versus swerve strickland and a singles match of brian danielson versus zach saber jr uh, adam page and swerve strickland have been kind of feuding back and forth and it seems like swerve's kind of trying to refuel that fire in adam page's underwear that he hasn't had for a good little while and then on the other side of it brian danielson as he we had mentioned earlier has uh, announced that this will be his final full-time year as a professional wrestler has now started going down his list and choosing the ones that he knows he's going to have hells of matches for or with and he has picked his first one being zach saber jr the njpw television champion if i'm wrong in that you can shoot me i don't know uh um, shoot me a message on Twitter at Gunk Dudley or at CAW Wrestling Pod. Either one, they're both on my phone. Uh, but AW Wrestle Dream is probably one of the most packed pay per views that they've had this year. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will complain that Kenny Omega is not in a singles match again. And I'm sure that we won't, there's somebody who complained that there's only one women's title match so far i mean we still have a week until you know that is to happen and anything had happened in the professional wrestling world they have they have a show the day before the pay-per-view so they could announce something the day before the pay-per-view it happens all the time with AEW. they're famous with that uh it seems like the uh, wwe's taking a page out of AEW's playbook this week or this month uh not announcing so much for the fast lane pay-per-view very surprising because we're like i said we're only two weeks away so we have what four shows although they have been integrating a lot of nxt into the main product or trying to at least so you never know we might see some nxt talent be slowly integrated um a lot of interesting things going into over and going on over in WWE with the merger. Um, this is still like just the beginning of things. I'm sure of changes we're going to see. There's been a lot of rumors, uh, not rumors, but talks of they're going to restructure the entire championship scene in WWE. Give it uh, weight classes, give it you know more structure and you know uh, the a little bit more seriousness they've talked about using ufc fighters in the wwe product to kind of give it a little bit more legitimacy so i i, I don't know it might be for the good it might be for the bad this might be the the end of sports entertainment wrestling as we know it it might be the beginning of something more beautiful than we could ever imagine but either way we're absolutely loving the ride 
Gotta love wrestling. Thank you so much for joining us in this episode. So sorry I have no other compatriot, and it's just my gorgeous voice that you get to hear for 45 minutes. Wow, we went for 45 minutes. I'm, I'm going to have to pat myself on the back. My mouth is dry. My coffee is empty. I hope you were entertained. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CAW Wrestling Pod. You can follow me on my own personal Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Gunk Dudley. And of course, you can find my gorgeous wife, Jamie, who again, she will not be here this week or next week. You can find her on X or Twitter at A Bacon Party. What's a bacon party? Still haven't figured that out yet. Sounds good to me, though. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check us out every Monday morning and start your week off with a fresh episode of Coffee and Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast. We will see you in the next one. All right, here we go. Gotta be excited. Gotta be excited. Gotta be happy. Gotta be... Oh, boy. Doing a podcast. Here we go. Mom Stone. This is not a good idea.